All right, we're on the Final Percent podcast, and I have got Dr. Lady Extraordinaire, <laughs> Dr. G, Galagatastic, Galligator, Battlestar, Go, Doctora, all those good things. But anyway, this is this is the the brains in all things health, doctor, the doctor of your company, doctor of your relationships, doctor of life. Eileen, take it away. What do you want to talk about today? I have no idea. <laughs> well, that's that. You know, we just got to see. You know what 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 happens here. So, how about this? I'm gonna take you on a journey of you taking them on a journey. You into that? That sounds great. All right. So, why don't you tell me why did Doctor Lady get into the idea of wanting to be a Doctor Lady? Take me on that journey for a second. I know it's probably a little bit of a loaded question. Not really a loaded question, more of a journey. Yeah. Not, I, I was not one of those people who knew when I was eight years old that I was going to go to medical school and be a neurosurgeon or a pediatrician. Okay. Um, I was always interested in math and science, and those were my strengths. Um, and I liked spending time with people. I actually started out college as an engineering major. I was a double major in mechanical and aeronautical engineering, which you may not even have known about me. Um, Things I didn't know about Eileen. <laughs> also, if you're just listening, I stared at the camera. So go over to the final percent YouTube to see the face I just made about that. <laughs> um, and in my first year of college, I went to the University of California, Davis in California. And... Um, I spent a lot of time in math and science classes and realized, wow, these are not really my people. Mm. <laughs> and um, I figured if I stayed in engineering, I would end up probably going and getting my MBA and managing people who were engineers because I didn't really love doing just the engineering, even though I was good at it. And um, in that same year, I got into a scooter accident and cut open my knee and ended up having to go to the hospital. It wasn't mm. like a huge traumatic thing, but... Um, it made me realize the importance of health. Um, and I started examining sort of what I wanted to do with my life that probably engineering wasn't it. And so that next six months in school, I went through a lot of different classes. I looked at doing business. I looked at doing more health related. And I was already studying nutrition. And my mom thought it was really funny. I was like, maybe I should get a minor in nutrition. She goes, what's an engineer going to do with a minor in nutrition? And I was like, I don't know. I think it's fascinating. Um, and so I changed over to nutrition science during my sophomore year of college um, and then did pre-med. And I wasn't even sure I was going to go to medical school at that point. But I knew I wanted options. Mm -hmm. And so as I sort of evolved into my um, the rest of my college career, I finished all my pre-med requirements, and then actually went and did a dietetic internship to, so to become a registered dietitian. Okay. And I did that at University of California, San Francisco. And in my year that I spent in the hospital doing the dietetic internship, realized, well, I could be just as good of a doctor as most of these doctors. I think I'm going to med school. Just as good or maybe better? Probably better. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had fun on your journey in medicine? Yeah. I mean, there's things like medicine right now is a little bit of a mess in general, but I would say the ability to really help people and make a difference in people's lives mm -hmm. and 
um, help people realize their potential and how they can have better health, how they mm. can have better relationships, how they can have things be different in their life by making intentional choices. It's mm-hmm. been pretty powerful. That's awesome. So what about your foray into entrepreneurship? Now, now you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're, your hands in a lot of pots and, and you're, <laughs> you're just building you. I mean, I think you're one of the people who, cause everyone has seeds of greatness inside of them. Mm-hmm. And you just said, you know, it's time to water them. And what are some of the things, because, you know, when I met you, you, I think you were probably the quintessential, like, personal growth junkie. <laughs> probably that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that if you're asking about some of the entrepreneurial stuff, though, um, I don't think I've shared a lot of this stuff with you. So, like, when I I'm was... I'm excited. <laughs> this is going to be good. When I was little, okay. um, I would go berry picking in the summers, and I would, like, sell berries to the neighbors. And, That's like, so I was great. the magazine sales person winner, and I sold the most tickets to the spaghetti dinner in, like, fourth or fifth grade. Like, there was a lot of that. Like, people yeah. probably would see me coming to their door and go, oh, God, what's she selling now? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would say that probably a lot of that started when I was young. And then it probably was suppressed during college and mm. medical school because I was so busy getting yeah. through the motions of you, all the I mean, stuff I needed to a, do. And in medical school, if you don't focus on it, it's just right. you're not getting through it. Right. So. Um, and so I think um, probably in my time – after medical school and then, you know, evolving into a medical career and having kids, I was like, and I don't know that I felt like, is this all or is this it? Like that my life wasn't satisfying, mm-hmm. but I was like, I feel like there's more. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of when the entrepreneurial or personal growth stuff started happening. Cause I was like, you know, I started doing health coaching and some other things and was like, Oh, well, these are really interesting opportunities. It opened more doors to think, Mm -hmm. well, how could my life evolve in different ways to include a lot of what I've already learned and a lot of the things that I'm doing, but to provide more for other people to give back, to make me feel more fulfilled rather than just sitting in office Mm -hmm. charting and checking boxes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But really making a true difference and having an opportunity to um, touch more people's lives. Exactly right. So with you being in now, because it's, it's interesting, I've actually used some health terms in the past when a, when a company wants to, you know, check their blood pressure, if you will, mm-hmm. and the lifeblood of a company is cash flow. I just think it's so interesting now you, I mean, obviously, since you were a young girl, you've had entrepreneurship in your blood and you've, you know, you want to have the conversation. You're not scared of having the conversation. Um, but now, you know, me being able to work with you and, you know, build things with you, it's, it's cool because now we can use this terminology because I've always just like stopped at the, you know, cash flow is the blood of a company. Um, it's it's interesting because I've always... Usually talk about pulse of a company, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, taking the pulse is more of like a culture thing. Right. But if you if you look at the, the idea of being able to take one uh, industry and apply it onto another one, and I think this is one of the things that has helped me be successful in various different things. Why? Because I'm a creative. I stood on stage for many years. I've been a singer for many years. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I want to be a, a life coach. I want to be a speaker. I want to do all these things. And it was there's a lot of things that were second nature to me. But even more importantly, I'm applying 
reading a room. Mm-hmm. I'm applying the the energy of a room and trying to pull performances out of a singer mm-hmm. is no different than trying to pull a life out of a person who has grown stagnant and is about to make, say, bad decisions in a... Um, in a midlife crisis, if you will. And I just think that it's so interesting now that you have, I mean, cause you've been a coach like without you having a choice in it. Cause when you're a doctor, you're coaching people constantly, mm-hmm. but now being able to step out of just, you know, what's wrong with you, if you will, and trying to diagnose, you're really equipping people and being able to take doctor lady extraordinaire, as I like to call you, um, and apply that into equipping principles and helping people become, you know, not, I, I, I struggle to say a better version of people's selves. And I've been struggling with that word for a long time. I'm really trying to replace the word better with different because a lot of people need different. And, you know, going back to Tony Robbins, six human needs, you know, if you eat filet mignon forever, uh, and then someone offers you 10 cent ramen noodle soup, you're like, yes, please. I need that because it's different. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, what are some of the things that you found now stretching into the world of, of coaching people and helping people? What are some of the ways that, you know, Dr. Lady Extraordinaire and, you know, as we call it, X strategist, you know, which is, you know, I think a better version, our version of what everyone calls a life coach, but we identify those variables in your life that take you to the next level. Uh, what are, where are some of the ways that your life is colliding and you've been able to use your doctor lady principles in coaching to, to where you can help people move to the next level? And, you know, you can get as technical as you want. You can say, you know, stethoscope of the wallet, you know, <laughs> you can, you can, you can say an, an MRI of, of the heart. I, what a, well, actually, that's probably a real thing. But <laughs> anyway, you, you know, typically MRI the heart. <laughs> Sometimes you do a CAT scan for a calcium score or you'll do an ultrasound or an echo to look See, at she, the heart. But. She knows this stuff. I'm telling you guys, this is a full on like practicing medical doctor. I'm, she's, 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 or as Drew and I like to say, she's also an angel. So just so anyone who wants to, to meet a real life angel, come hang out with Eileen. <laughs> um, so there are a couple of things that I thought of while you were talking. And um, when we talk about helping someone find a better version of themselves, I think what we're trying to do is awaken people yes, to who they actually are. Rather than find a better version, but there's parts of them that lay dormant and mm-hmm. awaken those to be able to come become all of who they are. So mm-hmm. to live that final percent of their life instead mm-hmm. of feeling like they're playing it safe. Yes. Um, and then the other thing that kind of came up for me was we've talked about sort of me going through this personal growth journey. And I think so much of what was awakened for me in becoming a health coach, because in medicine, it's not bad, but I think there's so much structure and it's... It's not always, it's actually, it's almost never black and white. It's almost always gray. Yeah. Um, because there's not absolutes. That's why it's called the practice of medicine, not yeah. the science of medicine, because exactly. it, a lot of it's navigating. It's a moving figuring target. Out, yeah. yeah. It's, it's um, trying things, and if they don't work, reformulating what you're doing. And mm-hmm. for every person, too, like the one of the fascinating things is with genetics, one person will respond to one medicine one way and somebody else will respond to it completely different or they'll have an allergic reaction. So a lot of it's trial and error and fine tuning. 
and being confident enough in yourself to say, well, okay, we tried that. That didn't work. Let's try something else. Mm. And having the participation and engagement and trust yes. of the person that you're working with, mm -hmm. that you're out there for their best interest and that you're trying to help them navigate sort of the environment. But I think when I became a health coach and really started looking at um, – Elements that are different than what I practiced in medicine because traditional medicine, they don't really teach you about emotional intelligence and how do you, hmm. for my terminology of show up for someone. Yeah, you've said that before. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Once or twice. <laughs> um, but how do you show up for someone in a good way and support them where they yeah. and meeting them where they're at and helping them navigate this journey? You have to be able to ask a lot of the right questions. And that's not stuff they teach you in medical school. They ask you the scientific questions or the do you have this, this, this or this, how to diagnose the problem, but not like actually getting to mm -hmm. who they are and what's important to them. And um, the emotional piece sometimes yeah. of what's going on because as we all know that most people's physical health is directly related to their emotional health and there's yep. a lot of traumas or shortcomings or other things that have happened in their life that aren't necessarily related to their mm -hmm. physical health but can cause problems in their physical health and so really having the tools to be able to talk to them in many different ways so talking about their disease states or their symptoms or what's going on with them but really being able to then hear kind of what's, you know, between the lines, what they're not saying exactly and to right. be able to explore that part. Exactly. And so I think a lot of my personal growth journey helped me to be a better doctor by asking better questions mm. and to really develop a fair amount of, like you said, coaching in my medical practice. So mm -hmm. I've been doing that for a long time. And it's amazing how you get a lot better results for people with, when they're invested in the decision-making and um, figuring out what's best for them. Exactly. Um, because as a doctor, you can think you know, but until you have the whole story, which a lot of that's sort of simmer, simmering below the surface. And a lot of people are prideful. They don't want to give you the truth. For sure they don't. They're ashamed mm -hmm. of things that have happened in their past or whatever. And so giving them a safe place that they can talk about what's really going on and what mm. their real fears are. Because sometimes you just have to put the elephant in the room. Yeah. Exactly right. Say, say, say what needs to be said. Right. Have the conversation, and a lot of things that you know I've I've talked about a long time. You're you're one conversation away from changing your life. Absolutely. And for anyone, and you can go positive or negative with that. A lot of people tend to go negative. I always say, you know, have someone ask you to marry them and say yes. You know, that conversation changes your life. <laughs> have your doctor tell you that you have cancer. That yep. conversation changes your life. For sure. The biggest thing we need to do is get into the right rooms, have the right conversations, but also you. Know, be able to walk away from conversations that are no longer serving us or conversations that maybe we've had to have too many times. Um, and I think or that sometimes people that are no longer serving us. Yeah, yeah. And that has definitely happened. And I think everyone has that story, right? For sure. So I think if you were to say, hey, I'm going to put a, a stethoscope on, on the book of life, if you will, um, what are the, let's say, the three most important things to Eileen? Uh, Dr. Lady Eileen, in in your in your infinite wisdom, that what you've learned right now, and this this stems from your personal, your professional, your personal growth. If if you were going to categorize the three things that you're really focusing on that mean the world to you, and this could be a health thing, it could be a wealth thing, it could be a relationship thing, any of these things. You, you, you can pick, but I just want kind of specific things. You know, what, what would you tell yourself 20 years ago, um, that you're, t that would make your life easier today? Whew, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh, wow. So I think probably the first thing that comes to mind, which I feel like I've probably learned and just solidified over the years, but really coming to your life with a growth mindset Mm -hmm. in all areas, personal, professional, relationship, parenting, (laughs) all of it, but being open. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think kind of along that same lines, growth mindset, but also being open to learning. And so being a forever learner, Mm -hmm. um, when you look at a lot of the interviews that they do with the most successful people in not only America, but in the whole world, almost all of them as part of their morning routine have reading or learning. Exactly. Um, and having a mentor. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So that'd be three, but I could go on with lots of others, but I think, you know, in, I've, you and I have talked a lot about um, sort of mentorship, and I think for a long time I've done a lot of things alone and felt like mm. I had to. And having developed our relationship over the last couple of years and being able to have someone who understands you but also pushes you sometimes yeah. when you want to be pushed. Push you. I've never pushed you. When you don't you. want to be pushed. <laughs> Gentle nudge. How about that? <laughs> sometimes um, a violent nudge. Yeah. <laughs> but I think having someone that's willing, that that cares about your well-being, but mm-hmm. that's willing to tell you the hard truth even sometimes when you don't want to hear it. Exactly right. Um, can make a huge difference. And so I'm incredibly grateful for our fortuitous meeting yeah. um, that has created a very different life for both Shout of us. Shout out Doug Wood and yeah. Massive Momentum. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got to speak at that, and our lives have never been the same. And that's what I'm talking about. You go, we went to that conference. I went there to speak. You went there to, you know, support, support a friend and, and see what's going on. And then our lives collided, and it changed the trajectory of our lives. Why? Absolutely. Because we had a conversation. And uh, we were going to maybe meet for coffee. Yeah, we were going to maybe meet for coffee. (laughs) And I mean, and that's one of the things we started out as, you know, I'm going to help you build a business and then we're going to do a little bit of life coaching. And now, you know, you mentor me, I mentor you, we're partners, we're friends, and we're building something that we think is very needed and necessary. Absolutely. And I think that's another thing that being open to learning and being open to change, I think, is really important. Um, but, you know, a lot of times when I coach somebody, I'm always expected to be the coach. And I think one of the things that was a profound shift for me in our relationship is having this kind of dual control thing and having someone who I was supposed to be the authority figure and help this out and do this and do that. But, you know, I think, I mean, and Eileen, I think would, would back me up on this. I've been able to be incredibly vulnerable with you because I, it was safe and I was looking for guidance and I needed a friend. I needed help. I needed a mentor. I needed someone to actually meet me where I was at. And a lot of times when we run into the conversations as mom or and we get one label and we run into the conversation as friend or we run into the conversation as coach, sometimes we tend to close ourselves off from certain things. And when our relationship tr- transcended, I mean, it was it was something where we started realizing what was possible. And I think a huge part of that is because we trusted each other. I think, and, you know, w- one thing that we say in the final percent all the time is, is trust in its simplest form is just giving someone the power to hurt you. Mm. And think about it. When you're vulnerable with someone, 
you're giving them the power because they now have information that you would typically not share or you wouldn't cry or you wouldn't this or you wouldn't that and shoulda, coulda, woulda. And, and one of the things that uh, I don't think I ever shared this with Eileen uh, when we first started working together, but oftentimes, maybe I did it. We, 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 we were doing official coaching long time ago. So, uh, now we're, 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 we're just kind of partners on things. Um, but one of the things I tell people when you get into a coaching relationship, if you, the next morning, if you didn't get coached properly, unless the next morning you woke up with what I call a vulnerability hangover <laughs> going, I said, What? I told them, what? Oh, my gosh, why did I do that? And if you can't get – and I, I know I've had more than a few vulnerability hangovers with you, and I, you probably the same. Mm-hmm. But for some, when, you, when you have that happen in the right way with the right amount of trust, it always makes the relationship stronger. Right. 100% of the time. It's never – because – Eileen's never used any of my vulnerabilities against me, and I, I would and, and have never used them against her, and we're always better because, you know, the trust is real. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that, especially young people these days, because, I, uh, you know, I went through a recent thing where um, I had some people leave my company. They're talking all this mess on Facebook and this, that, and the other. And I remember talking to my wife, and I said, I, I just – I imagine like going back to my dad and if he had a a problem with someone, what it would be like if he took out a, a full page ad in the newspaper saying, this person did this, 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 and this. No, you would go talk to the person or you would just shut up. If And, and the thing is, if you can't say whatever you need to say to the person, you know, the relationship was probably not what it it should have or could have been or everyone was not where they needed to be or people were there for too long. And I think that that's one of the things I'm learning. And, you know, I sometimes I want to say in my old age, I just <laughs> you're so old. But I mean, in my in my profession, I just I literally I, I hear and work on not only my problems for a living, but I, I work on a lot of or in Eileen's. If you ever coach with Eileen, it's not problems, it's challenges, just to be very clear. Um, but and it can get messy and it can get very messy. But the the thing the thing that'll happen is when I'm working on all the challenges that this person has and this person has and this person has, I still have my own challenges, challenges in you know business, different things. I'm I'm gaining experience a lot faster than someone would by themselves. So sometimes I I look through a lens that is not a 36 year old. I'm like, oh, I've seen this like six other times with these clients, and this is what's about to happen. And then people are like, ah, oh, that there's no way that happens. And then all of a sudden it happens. They're like, how did you know that? It's just patterns at, at like humans. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like you can use, and it's the same in medicine. Exactly right. You see these things that happen again and people are like, well, how do you know that that's what's going to happen? Because 90% of the time that's what that's, happens. That's, and and so it's a learning opportunity. Exactly you right. utilize someone else's challenge. It's the same in parenting, only it doesn't work in the same way. Yeah. Is that you can teach your children from your own mistakes, but sometimes they have to learn <laughs> they, yeah, them Yeah, sometimes you own. just got to go through it. Yeah. Uh, and business is the same way. Right. I think that's one thing, you know. And that's why mentors are so important because they can be like, here's the mistakes I made along the way. I've, Don't I've, make these I've same mistakes. This. Yeah, it's the parent kind of thing again. <laughs> right? Sometimes, But you can save money that way. There's a little more incentive sometimes. Sometimes business owners do still just need to make the mistake. <laughs> right. But I think that's one thing, you know, in this generation, we're looking at this fast food generation, if mm-hmm. you will. 
and the fast food generation, they watch the social network and they think that it was easy for Mark Zuckerberg to make Facebook. So they go into something and they're like, oh, I just want to build a $1 trillion company. Or they watch the founder and that has, you know, the McDonald's guy or they... Or they're going to be get, get Instagram followers. Yeah, Insta- or, or they hear about Snapchat and yeah, yeah all, all these things. And they, they are so addicted to easy. We're living in a time where people think it is hard to make $100,000, but easy to make a billion dollars. There's something very fundamentally wrong with that math. And if you run your your it's math, your brain, <laughs> if you run your thought process on that that idea, you're not going to be successful. It takes perseverance. And and this is one of the things I, I ask people all the time, you know, change your how to who as fast as you can. Because how only shows up in two places. You find someone else who's done it, that's who, or you already did it. And so the thing is, we get so focused on the word how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? It paralyzes us. We don't take action. But if you go back 10 years, if you go back 15 years, and, you know, especially in the pandemic year, if you go back two years, your 2021 looks different than you thought it would be. And you, you, you were wrong on the how, and so the thing is, we have to remove that out of our vocabulary, and we need to find who, and we need to in, enjoy the ride, but still have goals and still have a destination so that we can get to where we need to go. But if we, if we live in the land of how, we're always going to be disappointed, and we're always going to be wrong, because it always happens differently. I mean, we were, Kayla and I were trying to get pregnant for, what, two and a half years, um, it didn't ha- happen as fast as we thought, so the house already blown up, and then we're halfway through this pregnancy, and it's already been different than we thought it would be. We've a had, lot different. <laughs> yeah, we've had challenges, and we've had this, and we've had that, and it's it's incredibly, you know, frustrating if we focus on the how, and you have we have to learn how to manage expectations as humans, and we have to really look at life as a gift, you know. Well, I think it's humbling because we think that we're in control, and what we learn to realize is. Not so much. One one of my favorite sayings is, do you want to hear God laugh? (laughs) Tell him your plans. Because that's what he's going to do. So, all right. As we wrap up, give give them one piece of Eileen wisdom. Give them, you know, Dr. Lady X. Because she's an ex-strategist. She's going to find that hidden variable in your life to, you know, and and these are... these are not mutually exclusive, but, you know, if it's a wealth thing you need help with, she can help you out with that. If, if it's a health thing, mindset. I mean, she's been to more conferences than probably most of our, our, <laughs> our listeners put together. She has one nugget that somehow pops up for her multiple times a day, a week, whatever. What's one thing that just keeps – and he, we're going we're gonna to use some Eileen uh, language right here. What keeps showing up for you in your personal growth journey? Showing up. What shows up for you when when your back's against the wall, when you are frustrated, or when you're coaching people? What Sometimes when you're coaching people, there's something that you, it's an anchor that keeps kind of helping you. What's one of the things that really helps you that you can give to someone else as a, a gift, as a present to help them get through one of their parts of the day? I think probably the most important thing that shows up for me all the time is the importance of self-care. So getting good sleep, eating healthy, exercising, taking time for mindfulness, um, getting outside and feeling grounded and spending time with your family because those are the things that are going to keep you in a 
healthy, grounded space so that mm-hmm. you can be able to show up and be present for other people so that you can take care of your family. And no matter how challenging your days are, if you're in a good, healthy place, it's much easier to, to show up for others. Exactly. Well, okay, so... Let me translate that to everybody else. Are you ready? Are you going to put it in English? No, no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to, I got. In a Gregism? I, I'll <laughs> give you a Gregism, guys. Here's, here's, here's the way I would put this. So one of the things, one of the very first things, and, and I don't think Eileen knows this part, but one of the first things that I heard from her is it's better to be kind than right. Mm. That was something you shared with me. And one of the things I've said a lot is before we judge people, before we get mad at people, and I'm talking about grown men, grown women, full-on adults, Mm -hmm. 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 25-year-olds, we need to treat people like babies. Have they gotten enough sleep? (laughs) When's the last time they ate? Did they get hugged enough? Do they, do, they, do they need some milk? Who knows? But if we remember that why on earth when we get to 30, we think that we're supposed to be okay with not sleeping and okay with not eating and okay with all of these things, we've got to remember instead of trying to be right because someone needed to be on time or someone needed to be professional, Go through the baby principle and say, when's the last time they were fed? Have they napped recently? And ask if they need some milk, you know? And I think that's, that's what it... Does it come with cookies? Oh, well, I mean, if it comes with cookies, I'm a lot happier. But <laughs> I think that's one of the things we should, we should remember because, you know, we're still human whether we're babies or whether we're 36 or whether we're 136 doesn't matter we're, we're human well and if you get into the maslow's hierarchy which is you know for some people they know that for some people they mm-hmm. don't but getting your basic human needs met is yep. fundamental for everyone and it's hard to manage the rest of the stuff in your life if you're not taking care of the simple principles food shelter clothing things that are pretty simple but yeah. in this day and age especially with covid they're not a given for a lot of people they're not a given for a lot of people so you know be kind in, instead of having to be right, mom and dad, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you when I say that because my, my parents love to be right. They don't always choose to be kind. And mom, <laughs> if you reach out to me and text me, hey, you turd, I'm going to know you listen to the whole podcast. So <laughs> without further ado, that's Dr. G. That's the doctor lady extraordinaire, uh, one of my absolute best friends, a, a partner in the final percent. And if you want to, to reach out to her on Instagram, Dr. Lady X. Right? Yeah. Not ex-doctor lady because she's still a doctor lady. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, she, she, she has uh, some, some very valuable wisdom to, to reach out to. And if you have any questions, it's G at thefinalpercent.com. And uh, if you're interested in what a coaching session with her would look like or you want to get a strategy session, uh, we would love to get that scheduled for you. And, uh, you know, before I let you go, I have to tell you about this amazing conference that's coming up, uh, September 25th and 26th. Please go to thefinalpercent.com. Look at the Final Percent Summit. We're going to have P- – and this is 
I, I cannot believe that people did not get this, but people are actually reaching out to me and they're saying, is this going to be live? I thought it was a virtual event. I'm like, no, they're really coming here. So guys. That's why we showed the room. I know the, the, the room and the seats. This is, this is not a backdrop. <laughs> so Tim's story is coming. Sharon uh, Lecter's coming. Uh, you're going to get to hear the doctor lady in person. Come on. That's awesome. We're going to have some great motivational music. We're coming out with the Life album. We've been working incredibly hard on. So go to thefinalpercent.com, uh, grab a ticket, uh, and, and engage with us. And if uh, you just want to kind of test the waters and see what's up with our brand, go to uh, our Facebook group, uh, and that is The Final Percent Network. Ask to be a friend. And uh, the secret question is, I go the final percent. If you put that in the secret question, we will let you in the group. So hope to see you soon. Thank you, Dr. Lady. Thank you, Dr. G. Thank you, Eileen Gallagher. Thank you, Angel. You know, all the other things that I can call you. But uh, we just appreciate your time, your energy into who you've become, and your willingness to share that with the rest of the world so that you can make it a better place. Thank you, Greg. Final.